Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who put the forgotten in the forgotten realms. Oh, that was a good one. I had a feeling you'd like a, a more D&D themed one, to be honest. Yep, 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 yep. That good. was good. Good, was I'm good. glad. I, I'm, I'm here to serve. <laughs> My name is John Santana. Bold claim, bold claim. Hey, you stepped on me again. I am still Justin. So my name is John Santana, yeah, if anybody didn't hear that. <laughs> and for the first time, um, for the first time ever, we are say, live. Yeah, and, and we're we're live. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's yeah. weird. Definitely fucking weird. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Me neither, to be honest. I'm trying to forget that it's happening. Yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair, that's now, fair. We, we do have Sci-Fi um, in the chat that said hello, so... Hi, Sci-Fi. Oh, hello. <laughs> so um, how so have you been, though, dude? So, have you been Sorry, been quick shout-out to Couch, who's also in the chat. Oh. Oh, well, hello. Our two big question askers in the chat together, Do you together, think they're going to eh? fight? Round one. I, I want to see him fight. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Roll for initiative, guys. <laughs> um, so, yes, I have been absolutely fine. I've been kind of excited for, for today, the entire week. Just kind of going mm. over all the worst case scenarios that, you know, the, the wonderful thing that anxiety provides. Yeah. And then, and then like one of them kind of happened because like my daughter got ill today. So t today was very, very sketchy at best. Yeah. I don't like, um, I don't like my buddy not being well. better now. Yeah, no. Um, you know, she she's very happy though because she got two new sets of dice uh on Sunday. Um she got some nice purple ones and some bright pink ones, so she's very happy. I'm gutted because I really wanted the bright pink ones. <laughs> so I have to buy another set now. <laughs> yeah, but in that set you've got the blue and purple ones, which are fucking phenomenal. They are yeah. they have really, really I've pretty also I'm, I've I've got these ones next to me, the like the pearl white ones, because like I, when I saw them in your like dice tray the other night, I was like, those are nice. I need those. No, they are, <laughs> to be honest, it's a good deal and a good set. Um, but speaking yeah. of little ones, my son and I have finally cracked open uh, Avatar Legends, the the beginner's oh, box that I've got. Was it? We didn't really get too much into it. We are kind of picking it up slowly, but we did get the basic mechanics right. And, you know, it's powered by the apocalypse. Mm. So you roll in 2d6. On a one to three, you fail. Um, no, sorry. One to six, you fail. Seven to nine, partial. Yeah. And then anything above that is a success. And he, and he started kind of getting into it. Combat mechanics are a bit more complex than your average uh, PBTA game. Uh, so we just started on that. Okay. Um, mm. so yeah, we're gonna, next time I'm round, we're gonna, we're gonna pick up a bit more and, and carry on. Mm. So it was, yeah, it's a Lovely. good little system. Hmm. Ah, oh, sounds it. Um, we also played some more fabulous. We did. It's our, it's my little guilty pleasure is fabulous. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that system so much. <laughs> it's just a I'm also very upset at how long that door <laughs> took us to solve. Yeah, but here's the fucking thing. We didn't solve it. We didn't solve it because, oh. you know, 
the the code wasn't to unlock the door it was to stop the security system which may i add no not that door the other door the first oh, door the first yeah but the first door was a riddle ca- the, the was, one that kept shocking it was a puzzle, us but it was funny though it, it was, was good. fucking funny it was good <laughs> yeah, i was i was fucking trying everything yeah I like like when we shouted it and it just like zapped us even harder. I just went, you know what? Fuck it, let's try it. And it was like, ah, goddammit. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh no, it was it was good. It was a good little side quest. I really enjoyed it. Um and it led to more of our, our usual brand of fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah, just absolute chaos. Which you know, I'm always there for. I also like how we traded Biggs and Wedge, our NPC tagalongs, for a new NPC tagalong. But this time it was you guys that brought them, not me and Grim. Well, it wasn't necessarily me. It was another person in the party that just went right. You're coming with it us, was, and I yeah. just went, yeah, yeah. "All right, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, fuck it, why not?" <laughs> oh, it was good though. I nah, did enjoy it. It was a really good session. We'll <sighs> say another triumph from mm. Couch. Um, a load yeah, of fun. Absolutely. We nearly died, which. Is the sign of a good set. Yes. Uh, I was fine. I was the only one that didn't go down. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> Chris and I got fucking spanked. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, so did I. <laughs> Just to clarify, <laughs> the only reason I didn't go down is I got healed twice. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. I sacrificed myself to heal you. <laughs> I was sitting on seven HP for like the whole fight because I'd like get healed and then immediately get knocked back down. <laughs> oh, it was good though. I enjoyed that it. That was it was a good laugh. And well, yeah, as you guys can see, you can now see us. You can see the sort of shit we get up to. Yeah. Um we are actually wearing some of our some of our yes. merch. Uh, I'll move my microphone. <sighs> oh wait. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. It's so I'm look. I'm looking in the camera, and it's like it's flipped. So I'm like, I was like, ah, no, wrong way. Uh, uh." (laughs) You wouldn't think that of the two of us, I'm the one that streams more. (laughs) Well, you know, I just leave it to your expertise, there, Justin. Uh, I mean, uh, let's not use that word around here. To be honest, the viewers can be thankful I'm wearing clothes. True. And and as you co- he's not normally as you correctly pointed out, it looks somewhat unprofessional to be chugging from two liter bottles of soft drink. So we do have our grown up cups. Yep, I mean I have still got my two liter bottle, but you I've got an empty cup that I'm about to. Well, no, because I was drinking my chocolate milk. I finished my chocolate. So are milk. you seriously like pouring soft drink into where you've just drunk chocolate milk? No, I brought a spare ah, cup. Ah, right, okay, because that... I'm not, I'm not a monster. <laughs> that was, that, that'll, Contrary to popular that'll belief. curdle like a fuck. Oh, God, yeah, that would be horrendous. No, I'm not, I'm not... No, that's, let's not do our that. First, we've got to cut uh, our yeah, no, first see, stream off early, because you milk. get rushed away and he... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean rushed? I've got a season pass, they know me there. <laughs> It's depressing because it's true. I, I used to go there so much because I was horrifically accident prone. But anyway, that's massively off topic. Uh, it does. <laughs> I don't think we've ever stayed true, on topic, true. to be honest. 
Well, no, I, no, scratch no, that. I mean, we had Johnny on last week. We stayed pretty much on topic. We did. He kept us on Yeah, he kept us, he kept know, us on topic. We had a professional um, on the show. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's amazing what happens when yeah, that happens. Yeah, dude. But, I mean, speaking of, like, being unprofessional, though, did you see what Wizards did? <laughs> I've heard about this, but I'm going to let you delight in this one. <laughs> Oh, it hurts me so bad. Basically, they put out a bunch of promotional material for next year for all of the books that are supposed to come out next year. And the original releases for these images had release dates on them. So every news place out there was like, the books are coming on these dates. The books are coming on these dates. And then like an hour later was went, oops, and just like re-uploaded all of the images with no dates. <laughs> I've just got a visual now of some hemp working in the Wizards of the Coast. Uh, yeah. Secret left. I uploaded those things. They're not ready yet! <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's like two Pinkertons stood behind him. <laughs> like, uh, Press delete. You know, Press, Press delete, delete now. <laughs> Press delete. Oh, there go your kneecaps. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I so was, was aware of that. But what sort of things were they advertising? Because, <sighs> you know me, I'm not going to pay any fucking attention to it, so... Yeah, so I mean, they were advertising a bunch of books for uh, for next year. So it was things like um, the core rule book um, was apparently twenty first of May, but then the date got removed. So you know, who knows? Uh, I'm not going to bother with all the other dates, but there was um, there was a bunch of books basically. Um, so it was got them all. I got the list here. So the core rule book was apparently May twenty first, but then got removed. Uh, Vecna, Eve of Ruin. Same date. Quests from the Infinite Staircase and Making of D&D, which is like a behind-the-scenes book, which I, I'm actually quite interested in. Um, of of those four, like the core rule book, obviously I'm going to pick up because I need it. Um, but the, the Making of D&D book is very interesting to me because like that behind-the-scenes look will be pretty, pretty cool. Do you think the behind-the-scenes book will... Um, we'll cover all the like baby goat sacrifices. How, how to how to and, and how to use AIR and how to drink blood. Um. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I just uh, I just assume that that's what goes on at the Wizards of the Coast po- po- office. Possibly, possibly. You know, we won't know until uh, the date that is no longer the date. <laughs> They're not very good like, with numbers, are they? Because there was like, we're going to no, call it 1D&D, it's, it's, and then it's not 1D&D. Then they bring out the dates. And no, it's, it's just D&D. Uh, so, yeah I, don't, yeah, and yeah. I don't think numbers are yeah. their forte, which is weird considering which is, they yeah, produce a game. It's a math-based game. <laughs> which is based on math. You know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, roll, I mean, roll it, a D20 and add your bonus. <laughs> what do you get? Zed. Okay, cool. You hit. <laughs> you joke, but that is actually technically a, a sound mathematical equation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes, I do kind of agree with that, but at the same time, it shouldn't really be on a D20 now, should it? No, nah. it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Oh, I kind of want to make a D20 now that has like letters instead of numbers on it. <laughs> It's all Roman numerals. That'd be a really cool dice, actually. Roman numeral dice. I've, I've seen a few. I'm sure that yeah, exists I've seen already. a few sets of them. Yeah, I'm sure that exists already. But that that'd be pretty cool. I, I wouldn't mind a set like I that. I think we know somebody who's got, who one. had a set of dwarven dice and it was all numerals. Uh, that was me. I have the dwarven mm. dice, and they're not numerals. It's just it's got axes and stuff on it. It's a really cool set. It was my first ever dice set. Mm, fair uh, enough. 
was my was my dwarven dice. My first ever dice that I can't use because I can't see the fucking things. <laughs> they were they were really oh that's like um. Couch has a set that um, I think the numbers are all in Japanese, so nobody lets him use them because he's the only one that can read them at the table. Well, the, these ones were, were kind of transparent and they, the, the numbers on them were black. And that hasn't changed. Mm. The only thing is, for some reason, they're just so hard to fucking see. Uh, it's literally a case of... Because if not, I won't be able to fucking see them. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think like that that's my my biggest worry whenever I buy dice blind is what if they arrive and I can't read them? <laughs> yeah, I I do get that as a worry to be fair. Especially this like getting older thing. Tell me. It 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 <laughs> Yep. Speaking of which, I should read. Even dice are like I used to use. <laughs> yeah, speaking of I should actually I roll them now and I'm like I should actually be wearing my glasses to be honest. I should as well. I don't even know what mine are. But it's fine. Oh. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, honestly, though, like the, the, that D&D screw up from Wizards um, has kind of dominated the news this week. There's not been much else in there. Um, so yeah. It's I think it's just one of those, I think... Very quiet week. I think it's just one of those things that every time D&D opens a fucking window, it's going to make the news. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, which absolutely fucking blows. By the way, I mean, yes, but I get why because especially with like what's happened in recent times, right? It's such a clickbaity thing to have any stories to do with wizards right now yeah. that people will read it even if it's a non-story because it's like, oh, what have they done now? So they click the link, right? Um, what was that one? That- and so, I, like. We discussed a story off air that we decided not to talk about, and it was something about yeah. um, Hasbro making a massive amount of profit. And yeah. this website was going, "Oh, because it's it, it's because of D and D, and it's because of this." And Hasbro themselves are going, "No, it was because of Monopoly Go." So Hasbro yeah. have said it's because of Monopoly Go, but we think it's D and D. It's like shut the fuck up. It's like you're not yeah. reporting news. So at that Hasbro point. who have have said it's this, and have also like shown the numbers, but then this one report was like, nah, <laughs> nah, it's D and D, mate. <laughs> yeah, nah, D and D, it's D and D, isn't it? At that point, at, at that point, you're just like, at that point, you're not you, a reporter you, 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 because. Yeah, you're, um... I mean, to be a reporter, you know, one of the sort of job requirements would be to report. Yeah. And not hypothesize. Not come up with your own yeah. theory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that was, oh. that was fun. But I, w- Good times. I was actually Good wanting times. to run something by you. Um, just a, just a quick one out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody on threads. Yes. Um, posted something along the lines of, if we were to collaborate and and create a a TTRPG, what yeah you know what would you like to do? What would your ideas be? And I gave it a lot of thought to be honest, and mm. I couldn't really you know because a lot of things I was considering would had already kind of been done ad nauseum. Yeah. Uh, to be fair. And I'm just trying to find the person. 
Um, yeah, I've lost it. But then I got to thinking, what about right a system which was kind of like a balls-to-the-wall, over-the-top, tongue-in-cheek, shoot em up in the style of Bulletstorm, the original Quake, Doom, mm. just these things where you just... It's only about shooting the fuck out of people. And I actually came yeah. up with some cool mechanics for it. Because obviously you need something quick. I would be up for that, man. You need something with a quick resolution. Like, kind of like a... Yeah. So, like a quick resolution. Something quakey or Unreal Tournament-y type thing. Like just arena. Yeah, not necessarily arena, not necessarily PvP, but... the. In sort of in that sort of um, vein. So here's what I was thinking, right? So you need something with a quick quick resolution. All right. Yeah. So I was thinking that the the best thing for that was what I know from like Delta Green, where there's no yeah. DCs. It's essentially this is your skill. Roll under it. You will know the moment yeah. the dice hit whether you've succeeded or you failed. You don't need that interaction with the GM. All right. And the other, and then I was thinking like other things. What if, for example, if you could on your turn sacrifice accuracy for a bonus to armor class, which would represent mm. the strafing? Yeah. Yeah. So like movement and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you think about it, um, like in a Delta Green thing, right? So you'd take. A minus twenty to your shot, but you'd get a plus twenty to your to your AC. Or some other people mm. whoever shooting against you would have a minus twenty shooting at you because you're moving around. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'd play that. that I mean I like I'm I'm a I'm a big FPS guy. Um like on on PC, right? So having a way to essentially Playing FPS without playing an FPS? I think that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I mean, I like FPSs, but I don't like the Call of Duty sort of SP FPSs. I like mm, yeah. I like the stupid ones. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I, I love those. Um especially like I mean I've played some really silly ones over the years. Um I mean, God, I've, and I mean, I've also played some of the classics. Like I've played a lot of Unreal Tournament, Quake, uh, Doom, Duke Nukem, great games, Counter-Strike, obviously. But like some of the silly ones I've played, like there was, there's one on Steam. Um, it's like Robot Dodgeball. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> exactly what it says on the tin. You play as a robot in an arena playing dodgeball with other robots that are playing dodgeball. That's it. That's the whole game. Can you just what? What's it called? Is that what it's called? Robot dodgeball. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's on Steam. Like, it, it was such a. It's like it's one of those games that's so stupid. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm looking for it now. Ro uh, here it is. Uh, Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. <laughs> the full title of the game. All right. And it's like it's like proper like '80s house music. It's like. If you've got like um, epilepsy, don't play it. It's one of those. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. I'm gonna 
Yeah, that's going to, that's going on my shopping list. Lucky Christmas around now, the corner. Convert that. That would be convert fucking phenomenal. To a TTRPG. All right, you and I. I'd play that all day. You and I, you and I are going to fucking talk after this. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my idea. Oh. Just have like like the the sort yeah. of balls to the wall. Because one of my one of my favorite games of all time is Bullet Storm. I think it's phenomenal. Mm. And Quake Three Arena. I was big into that. Yeah, yeah. I loved Quake and an Unreal Tournament back in the day. Um, but I mean, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd play that. Definitely play that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking about maybe applying it to the system that we're talking about. But yes. I don't think it'd work. But again, we've got a lot to talk um, about on that front. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's right for that. But that being said, it could work. But that's another conversation. Yeah, that's a conversation off off air because we are on air yeah. now. It's we are. Yeah, we can't just you know talk nonsense for three hours and then cut it out. Um. Well, we can and we do, and we kind of yeah. we can, yeah, we do. We've yeah. kind of been doing it for thirty six fucking episodes. It's true. I just want oh, to um, give a big shout out to Constant Connor, who's in the chat as well. Oh, hello, hello! Joining us all the um, way over from the other side of the world. Oh, so far away. So far away. Right. I. You. Had something I wanted to talk about today. Have I, have I done something, something? I feel like I've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't me, I swear. Not you. <laughs> Not you, but some people. So it's something we've, we've touched on a few times, but we've never really discussed it properly. All right. Um, and it, it's metagaming. Right, because let's be honest, it's a problem that it comes up all the time on the forums, on you know Reddit, on fucking anywhere that people discuss TTRPG. At some point, metagaming comes up, right? Now, obviously, it sucks. Like, if it's not, if it if it's done wrong, because I I believe there is a right way to do it, but if it's done wrong, it sucks. So I wanted to have a chat about some of the ways that you can bring meta knowledge into a game without ruining the game. I did a blog post about (laughs) this a couple of months back, maybe. And Hmm. it's not necessarily about bringing meta knowledge into the game. It's about the GM using meta knowledge to create atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and I posted an example of one of the things I've done in the past where I've, because obviously going on, on virtual, you've got a lot more things you could do, but like accidentally leaving a token on a map where it shouldn't be. Oops. And obviously the players (laughs) go and they see it and it's a big fuck off talking. Oh, uh, just forget you saw that. You know, they're not going to forget they saw that, but that creates a, a mood. It creates attention, as it were. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same thing here. So, like, when I'm setting up, I'll deliberately get out huge models that I have no intention of using and put it on the desk for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's essentially the same thing, right? 
Um, music but it's also, music changes is another one. Yeah. You know, you just change um, the music I, discreetly I, and just let the player's imaginations <laughs> kind of run wild yeah, with them. <laughs> Why is there boss music? Why is there boss music playing right now? <laughs> no reason. Here, <laughs> yeah, have um, a potion. It, it, more... <laughs> I wanted to more look at it from the point of view of if you are, you know, you're, you're DMing, GMing, whatever the acronym is for your particular system of choice, right? Um, and you happen to have a metagamer at your table. Because it does happen. It sucks when it happens if it's not handled right. Um, how so some of the ways that you can deal with it without causing a massive issue um because i i've been on the receiving end of a metagamer in in a group as a player um who i now will flat out just not play games with anymore because of stuff that happened in that campaign and stuff that i've seen happen in other campaigns with this particular person um and i've also because Obviously, once you've read the books, you can't help but have a lot of knowledge about some of the monsters and stuff like that, right? So I wanted to maybe talk about some of the ways that you can have that knowledge as a player, bring it to your character, but without without metagaming, essentially, right? Um, and the example that I had for that was when I was playing in, a, in another campaign we were actively seeking out a beholder to go and fight because we needed one of his eyeballs for a ritual, blah, blah, blah. You know, your usual fantasy stuff, you know, you need the eye of a beholder for a particular spell. Um, so I obviously having read the monster manual cover to cover many, many times already know a lot about one of the most iconic creatures in, in the game. Um, to be fair, I wanted to bring as a non D and D person. Even I know about fucking beholders. Exactly mm-hmm. right. So, so I wanted to bring some of the knowledge that I had into character, but without kind of breaking that wall, right? Of what I know versus what my character knows. And we had a session where we had some downtime in a city. So I spent that downtime going to the library to research the beholder that we were going to go and fight in character, which then let me bring that knowledge into the game. Right. So things like that, where you can, in character, gain knowledge that you have out of character. Right. Um, I don't think that qualifies necessarily as meta knowledge. Um, yes, it's it's something you knew about the creature. Mm. However, you did not apply that. You found a way around it to kind of apply that to your yeah. character. But you would have been able to do that without your prior knowledge anyway. Mm. So, for example, yes. let's say it wasn't a beholder. Let's say it was a unique creature that you, as a player, have never seen before. And they go, you need the eye of this yeah. creature, blah, blah, blah. It would be within reason for your character to kind of go, I think we need to find out more information about this. All right. So yeah. I don't see that as meta knowledge. All right. When people talk about meta knowledge and, and the the sort of downside to meta knowledge, they're always talking about the misuse 
of meta knowledge. Yes. As opposed to the fact there's no way that you can stop from knowing things. No, exactly. Yeah. Case in point, <clears throat> you are starting a new campaign and you meet up with all the players and kind of go, what are you playing? What are you playing? Okay. Right. I'll play a barbarian. That's meta knowledge. However, yeah. that is accepted because it's necessary and you kind of create the narrative around it. Yeah. However, for example, getting thrown up against a creature and in between sessions I look up this creature, especially in something like Pathfinder where everything you need is freely available legally on the internet. So all yeah. I have to do is Google and just kind of go, oh, this creature has this ability. Oh, well, I'd better prepare my spells accordingly. That's being a dick. Yeah. But no, but see, that's the kind of thing that I, because that was the, the knowledge that I had about this particular monster that I then went and researched in game. So I had an in-game reason for preparing myself that way. But, if you see what I mean, yeah. But then it becomes a then it becomes a part of um, of a conversation between yourself and your GM. Yeah. For example, yeah. Let's say the same happened to me. I'm the GM. You know about beholders. You, I would make you roll for it. There'd be a yeah, roll course, involved yeah, to see how much you actually okay. figure out. If you and, fail yeah. that roll, I will. I will flat out tell you, you cannot use that knowledge. Yeah, you know, and, if and you, I think that's the. The, the important bit, right, is having that conversation. So if somebody does start trying to bring in knowledge that they wouldn't necessarily have in character, just 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 that, that little innocent question of, okay, and how does how did your character learn that? Because like, if they've got a valid reason of like, you know, maybe in their backstory, it was written that their whole village was killed by that, you know, that particular creature. It stands to reason they might have looked it up. <laughs> I mean, there is the argument to kind of state that sometimes that that line is very blurred. Mm. For example, um, Abomination Vault's game, uh, my players went and encountered a Medusa. Obviously, you know what they are. I know what they are. Everybody who knows even the smallest thing about mythology knows what <laughs> they are and their abilities. Yeah. And he said in character, I'm going to avert my gaze, to which I went, why? Do you mm. know what this is? You know, but does your character? So then I disallowed that, that particular action. Yeah. To do that action, to unlock that knowledge, you're going to have to roll a knowledge check. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that is, um, that is the key, right? Is just having those, those hard, I mean, they are going to be hard conversations as well. Because I mean, okay, most players, if they do that, they might not even realize they do it, right? Like in that instance, that wouldn't be somebody actively trying to take advantage of the situation right because that is something that's just accepted as common knowledge in in our world right but it might not be in that one mm. um so that could be a case an innocent case of accidentally using meta knowledge and then that conversation makes them go oh shit yeah no sorry of course i don't know yeah 
Yeah, I mean, one hundred, one hundred percent. That's what it was. It, well, I'm not, I'm not exactly. Yeah, trying to state there was no, anything exactly, malicious yeah, yeah. to it. Um, However, it can sometimes send the conversation the other way, which I've seen. <laughs> there are there are malicious uses to it. There are people who yeah. actively, well, cheat for want of a better word. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly that. Um, and you know, it's something I, I've been at tables with the, a few people that have and meta-knowledged and whatnot. And one of them, um, it was a, it was an evil campaign that I was playing in. Um, we got right to the end and the, the final room of this, this thing was basically, it was a massive room with a giant crystal floating in the middle of the room, not conspicuous at all, but in each corner of the room, oh, fucking banging my microphone there. In each corner of the room was, um, a, a separate like little room right in each corner. And my character was the only one that was capable of rolling high enough, which is a weird thing to say coming out of my mouth. I was the only one that could roll high enough to actually get into these rooms. So can I just point out, could roll high enough isn't necessarily did. I did roll high enough. (laughs) I did mainly because the only way I could fail was to roll in that one. And I rolled like twos and threes on every roll. It was a 20th level campaign. So like you can't fail rolls at that point, basically, unless you roll in that one. Um, and of course I still failed rolls, but I got into, so I got into all of these rooms and every time I got into a room, I was the only one nearby. And in each room, there was basically piles and piles of treasure and gold and all that sort of thing. And a statue in the middle of the room. And every statue had one or two small magical items, like a magical ring or an amulet, stuff like that. Right. So, because I was the first one in the room and we were all evil characters, I pocketed all of the magical items in the room before anyone else got there. And then I went to go and unlock the next one while they started sourcing through the treasure, right? Rinse and repeat for all four rooms. Now, out of character, everyone knew that I had these magical items in my bag, right? In character, none of them did. And after the big final, big bad boss fight at the end, one of the players at the table, turned around and charged me and killed me because like I was the front line. So I was already low health, etc., etc. And basically just killed me outright. And when asked why by everyone at the table, his response was because I want the magical items he took, but you don't know that he has them. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> um, I, I, can I, I, out, can I just point out that watching you on video just, kind of shows me how bitter you are about this. I'm so <laughs> fucking angry. <laughs> um so yeah, it was you know, I, I was I was fuming. Um and then as a kind of like so I was dead. That was it. GG's game over. Um so I walked away from the table fuming. Um and while I was kind of trying to de-stress and relax a little bit um, the, the DM, and I've got to give credit here because he didn't handle the killing me situation very well, but the way he flipped it afterwards was fucking brilliant. So my character was a paladin and used to be a noble and, you know, very, very well respected and all this sort of thing. And he was only evil because he stopped giving a shit basically. Um, after they killed me, they, the two like surviving people were leaving the room when the good adventurers showed up. <laughs> and basically, the only way that 
the we were going to get out of there alive is if I was with them because one of the people in the group was a paladin from my old order who knew me. Um, and like, yeah, so the only way they were going to survive is, is if I was there because I could have talked us out of like them killing us basically. Um, and so they, they died as well because the GM was like, no, you fucked it. You're dead. Fuck off. Um, and that was the end of it. But oh yeah, I was pissed. And it was all because that guy took that mat knowledge and, and inserted it into what his character did. Um, and yeah, it, it literally ruined that game for me. I'm just having a look at the chat now. And uh, first yeah. of all, just a shout out to Willow's Bane, who's, who's there watching us with the girls. So I'm oh, going to have to kind of watch my language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but then couch... <laughs> Couches put. I was there the day after. He was raging. It's true. He was. <laughs> he saw me. He saw me the day after. I'm still raging um, now. I know. I can. I like, can tell. Like it's. You know. Honestly, yeah. it was. Oh god! It was like <laughs> six, six or seven years ago now. At this point, still pissed about it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell. This is a good good thing yeah. about doing this streaming. I can see your face when you get pissed off. I'm going to start talking about Winnie the yeah. Pooh in a fucking second. Just see what happens. Sorry, fudging, fudging second. <laughs> Don't, because, right, one of our other friends who streams on uh, Twitch is playing Kingdom Hearts 2 at the moment, and I happen to tune in because I'm a mod for their channel, and they happen to be doing the fucking Winnie the Pooh levels. <laughs> I literally, I clicked in, saw that, went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, it was literally, it was one of those moments as well. I tuned in and Pooh had his head stuck in a, in a honeypot. And I was like, no, no, no. The world is out to get me right now. I'm out. I can't do this. I just want to see the reviews tomorrow of this stream where it's like, yeah, it was all right. Until one of them had a meltdown about Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) He started throwing hey, shit like around. Third, this is like the third meltdown. That there was, the period, there was right? a chair that went over that way. <laughs> you know, the stream didn't last long. They got to about 40 minutes in and then just hell Ripped broke Ripped his PC out of the wall and they ended. <laughs> While the other one was just sat there laughing. <laughs> Which kind oh, of seems very on true. brand for us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it very is, yeah. But, like, going back oh. to the topic at hand, uh, metagaming, there yeah. is... I think there is no way of of eliminating knowledge. You as a player no. and as a GM, you, you need to find the best way to utilize it. And yeah. like you said, um, maybe go and do an investigation, maybe finding, maybe rationalizing how your character mm. would know a certain thing. Um, yeah. Other than that, if you know something that your character doesn't know, then you don't know it. It's... You know, and in as bad as that may be. But metagaming yeah. can be used, you know, it can be used beneficially. Um Constant Connell put in the in the chat that don't mm. split the party. <laughs> don't don't split the party technically. <laughs> Is, is, it, it, it yeah. can be metagaming, but at the yeah. same time, you can rationalize it of kind of going, we're a party of adventurers, we know strength is in numbers, so why are we going to split the party? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think that there are some things that 
you can sort of rationalize, right? And I mean, going back to the example you gave right at the start of like when, you know, when the party first meet and everyone goes, oh, you know, I'm a sorcerer or I'm a barbarian or whatever. Um, I think partly some, like the reason we do it that way, at least myself anyway, is it just makes the the party dynamic known. So it's a, a quicker gelling. I would actually kind of like it to play in a group where none of us know anything about each other. Um, and we kind of like find out in that first encounter of like, you know, cause the, the one who's looks big and strong might not be, he might be a mm. spellcaster. Um, and I just think that'd be quite a cool thing. Cause like you go in and then you kind of, you build up your own assumptions about these other people in your adventuring party, you get into some kind of encounter and there's like, Oh shit, that's not the case at all. I think that'd be quite cool. But to do that, you'd need a system that that wouldn't be as punishing um, for um, imbalanced yeah. parties. Like, for example, 5e, Pathfinder 1st Edition. If you don't <laughs> yeah. have the traditional party makeup, you're fucked, essentially. That Fabula would work really well for it. Fabula would work great. I mean, any of the more modern systems anyway, because I think they mm. kind of purposely tried to do away with that, oh, we need yeah. to fill party roles. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Pathfinder Second Edition. Anyone can be a healer. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be a cleric or a divine, um, divine caster to heal. You can anybody can do it. And you know, other games that they're completely irrelevant. Even like something like Blades in the Dark, where crossover is expected. Yeah, you know. So in order to do that, you would definitely have to play in a system. That that would allow for it. I think if you tried it in Five E or Pathfinder First, you'd be screwed. Um, I mean, there there are ways to do it in Five E, but it would be kind of limiting because, like, for example, um, the um, oh god, my brain's not working. I can't remember the class now, but it's a uh, they build stuff. Um. It's a bit like the, the like a tinkerer type class, but my I, brain can is not giving me the the name artificer. of it right now. Artificer, artificer. I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. Um, so they they can use like very big strength based weapons that you would normally associate to like a barbarian. Um, for example, I played one that had a great axe, right? But his strength was like eight because they wield it with intelligence. Hmm. Um, so they use their intelligence modifier because it's like the, the argument is like it's a enchanted axe and they fight intelligently with it. So they use its momentum and stuff like that. But if you were to walk in and see, you know, a guy sitting in the bar with a huge great axe, your first assumption is going to be barbarian, but no. (laughs) Um, so I think something like that could be quite fun, but yeah, I think you're definitely right though. Like it would be harder in some of the, older systems than in a lot of the newer ones yeah definitely but i mean you know uh it is to a certain degree metagaming but there are times when metagaming is is not only necessary but it's it's important yeah like if if i've got players that are going down the sort of wrong track you know, and I kind of need to nudge him in the right direction. That's when a bit of meta Please don't go down in. the wrong track. <laughs> I've never seen a group of players go down the wrong track before. That doesn't sound right at all, John. No, because when we started playing, we did everything right. Yep. 
We it definitely didn't make our DM throw the entire campaign out the window after two sessions. Uh, one session. Was it one session? One session. <laughs> we did know. one session of Dragon's Demand and he went, yeah, we're just going to homebrew it from now on. The thing is, right, that's how good he was as a DM. I didn't even realise that until you told me the other day that that was the case. I don't, like, any, I I don't genuinely think any, had no idea. I don't think, I, d- I think he told me maybe about like a year into the campaign and just went, oh yeah, yeah. I started you guys on Dragon's Demand. That was the whole thing about the wizard and the tower. Yeah. And yeah. the tower collapse. And I went, oh shit, we never did resolve that, did we? You went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Because we went to investigate that tower and then the whole fucking thing collapsed on us as and we then, like left. Then we left town. I can't remember why, but yeah. considering that there were two characters actually from that town and we all just went, you know what, fuck it. The tower's collapsed. Yeah, it, was my gonna... ca- it was my character and Chris's character were from that town. I thought I thought Couch's character was from there as well. Was Couch's character from there as well? I know, Cou- I know mine, mine Couch, and Chris's live in the, like, in the town us. and on the outs- outskirts. Um, and then your bard was just traveling around because bard. Yeah. And I, I thought Couch's character had come to town to try and set up the, the church of Saran Ramp in the town. I don't know. Couch is in the chat now. That. I'm waiting for him to answer. But tell us, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was my memory of it. Is I thought he'd come to town to try and set up a church of Saran Wrap. Yeah, he was. He was preaching at a local temple in the town. Right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and then we just never went back. <laughs> nah. Oh, nah. that was funny. So, um. Every, every, well, we didn't do it last week, but every, the past few weeks we've been trying to kind of highlight some of the wonderful stuff that, that people mm. kind of send our way on, on threads and on the other social media outlets. And I've got a few for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first of all, I wanted to bring your attention to um, this is posted by Michael St. Gregory and it is the Atlas Terminal. All right. So in the far and distant future, four planetary recyclers are abandoned on a junk planet, terraformed by their employers, and now have to find a way out before a nuclear storm destroys them and the entire planet. Every other Thursday, live on Twitch, our most recent episodes, VOD will be on their YouTube channel tomorrow. That sounds like a really cool concept. That does. It's a bit like um, the concept of you know you know like the the, the film uh wally right yeah Where the earth was like destroyed basically and they left behind the robots to clean up it kind of yeah. sounds a bit like that right it's it's these you know these things left left the, or these people left on the planet or might be robots i don't know i haven't, I haven't watched it yet um but probably <laughs> you've not seen of some description you've not seen wally no i've seen wally i mean i'm talking about this ah <laughs> oh, right i was gonna say jesus christ <laughs> You've got a daughter for crying out loud. I'm also a huge Disney nerd. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like this seems very similar though, because like they're they're on the planet trying to recycle everything and, you know, sort the planet out and stuff like that. Um, So that's kind of a cool concept. And I quite like that, that, you know, they've now got to, they've realized, oh shit, we need to get out of here. And that's a really cool journey. Yeah, I might have to give that a watch. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much time to watch things anymore, but I would definitely mm. be interested in that. I'd, I'd be interested in finding out what system it is and mm. 
you know, I'm just going to try quickly Google it because, you know, it sounds like a load of fun. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But um, while I'm Googling that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, other, the next thing was um, this, um, there is a company called RPGmatch.org. And okay. I first heard of these like way before I started on threads. They yeah. would like they would hiring out some really good talent to kind of vouch for them, like the the McElroys from the Adventure Zone and this, that, and the other. So basically what this is is a a matching service which will match GMs and players. So uh-huh. similar to Start Playing, similar to Warhorn, etc. etc. Mm. However, this caters in like each individual style ah that's pretty cool whereas i don't know about start playing but at least on warhorn i put my name down put a game up people sign up they have no idea what fresh hell you know is waiting (laughs) for them when they start playing with me they have no idea that they're all about to lose their characters (laughs) and they have no idea that their lives will be forever changed in the worst possible way. (laughs) But at least in RPG Match, I can just kind of post out and just kind of go, all right, I'm going to ruin your lives in one way or another, so beware, at least. (laughs) So I think it is a really cool concept. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And like, it's something as well that I've actually always thought would be pretty cool to have um, I think obviously it's going to be more beneficial for people like yourself who play online more than in person. Um, Cause it's going to be a lot easier to, you know, to find a group online. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it could work for trying to find people in your area. <laughs> Do you think we should create an app that does it for live tables? Um, I think the problem's going to be in in more remote areas where there aren't many players, you're going to struggle anyway, right? Um, but it might work. Yeah, no, you, I mean, I, how many fucking dating sites are there? How many dating apps? Yeah, but none of them work. <laughs> yeah, but ours would work. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you know, how do we fix something that doesn't work? Make it fucking work. True, but true, dating, true, true. you know, dating apps are just fucking shit anyway. But have something like yeah. that and just kind of go, oh, it's Friday and I'm bored. Let me bring up, what should we call it? Roller. <laughs> Let's call it Roller with an R. R O double L R. Roller. And just see what games are going on in my area. Oh, God. That's going to just know. That's a terrible name because it's just going to be filled with people trying to buy weed. <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying that that's what we have it for, but, you oh, know. No, that's a terrible edit. But, you know, I, I definitely think, like, it, it's an app that could Okay, all right, work, not Roller, though. Not Roller. Um, we'll come up with a different name. Critter. <laughs> Critter, C-R-I-T-R. I mean, that's better than Roller. <laughs> By the way, I'm trademarking all these fucking things right now. People are watching us, and someone is yeah. going to steal this idea. Well, no, because we've got it recorded, timestamped, and everything. Fair. Fair point. Fair point. Trademark. Trademark. TMTM. Yep. 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 TMTM. TM. <laughs> 
but it's a pretty cool concept though. I do, I do like it. And I think, um, like I said, I mean, this kind of thing obviously is much easier for, for online games because you don't have to be in the same area. Right. Um, but having one for, for in-person games would be pretty cool. Um, I guess that the issue with in-person games though, is like playing with randoms. You've either got to invite randoms to your house or go to a random's house or find someone that you can play in public. I see no problem with that. I do. <laughs> because yes, yes. I don't want random people coming to my house. Yes. My game is in the basement. Come down. <laughs> Come join us. Don't ignore the screams. <laughs> They're just really enjoying the game. They're just really enjoying the role play. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, a really, it's a really cool concept though. And I think, yeah, it's definitely, if you, if you play a lot of, um, you know, online games, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I do like the idea of being able to kind of um, cater your needs as a player versus yeah. what, what's, be, what's on offer from the GM. Because again, if you go through Warhorn, you've got no clue. Yeah, I think that is like an important part of enjoying a game as well, right? Is having a play style or, or expecting a certain type of play that the GM's offering. Because if then if you're a really combat focused DM and they're a really RP focused player, they're not gonna have fun in your game, or not as much fun. Um than they would if, you know, they were a combat focused player in a combat focused game. And, it, so, and it's yeah. not, not not only that, it's not only them, it's it's the other players at the table. I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, all you need is someone that just wants to heavily roleplay every sort of encounter and people are going to start going, all right, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this sort of thing, whereas <laughs> other tables are more RP heavy and they can just... Yeah. And everyone you know. gets a turn in the spotlight and they have their yeah. big scene and it's really cool. And yeah, like I, I've... I've played it both with both kinds of people, and honestly, the people that get really into the role play, I don't know how they do it. It blows my mind every time. They're incredible. Like they just are. No, I'm I'm a bit. I I do get it sometimes into the role play. Depends if I'm having fun and being a dick with it or not. Says the guy who's literally got an entire printout of a bunch of prayers for his character to say in Fabula. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I've got one for every occasion. That's kind of what I'm focused on. Yet still takes the piss out of Saran Wrap. <laughs> because it's Saran Wrap and it's shit. Good, anyway. Good Saran Wrap. <laughs> okay, so the next thing. Uh, tabletop Spinners. All right, so Tabletop Spinners is a network with three different actual play podcasts. Okay. They've got the Chronicles of Kreeth, I want to say. It's spelled C-H-R-E-A-T-H-E. I want to say Kreeth. Yeah, Kreeth, yeah. I can't that's imagine that's being... That's what I'd go with. Kreeth, but anyway. Kreeth, Kreeth. yeah, no. Yeah, Kreeth, yeah. So, a new world takes shape. It's God's struggle to compromise on their desires, and chaos reigns. As fate would have it, a group of unlikely heroes may be just what they need to settle the score once and for all. A D&D 5e actual play podcast released every Sunday at 6am. Wait, is that 6am? Seriously? Oh, wow, that's... They might have converted the time for us. They might have done, but if not, that's commitment. Yeah. I, I feel like that one had you right up until the words D&D 5e were said. Because <laughs> that, like that, that looks like you to a T, and then it's D&D 5e, and you're like, oh. 
you do five a, and it's just like, yeah, I'm not no longer. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I it have actually really listened though, yeah. to. I have actually listened to quite a few D and D actual play podcasts. For example, I'm listening to uh, Johnny's um, Ravenloft Misfits, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the system per se. It's just not for me. The Adventure Zone is was five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that's the part that's not getting clipped. Uh, I have access to clipping it now because I've got access to the YouTube. Unlucky. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to revoke my access now. (laughs) No, because I still need you. (laughs) I know. Um, Improv Madness. Welcome to Improv Madness, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast where no one knows what's happening until it does. Join us every other Thursday for some improvised D&D shenanigans. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds like my bag. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I, I think don't. You should do something like that, but not 5e. Do it, do it like Pathfinder or something like that, where it's just all completely. You don't even know what's happening. I do. It's called Blades in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, but I you know, kind of still have a rough idea of what's happening there. I want a rough idea of what needs to happen, but then everything yeah, else is just, <laughs> let's see what happens when the dice rolls. <laughs> Things oh, go no, wrong happens. very fucking I, I, quickly. I roll once. That's what happens. <laughs> All right. And the last one that they do is All Our Faults. Welcome to the home of All Our Faults, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast. Join MC Mistress Winter and the AOF cast as they craft a dramatic tale of conflict, loss, obsession, and death, where love, hope, and family are short-lived illusions. Prologue episodes premiere Wednesday, October the 18th, with a new episode every week. Main story episodes premiere Wednesday, November the 15th, and every two weeks afterward. So yeah, you got that three actual play good, podcasts yeah. for for anyone out there that is interested in finding mm. something new. They all seem um, varied. Yeah, and yeah, definitely interested. I wish I had more time for podcasts. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just um, not something I have a massive yeah. amount of lately. Okay, and just quickly, I'm going to do one more, and then we can go to the couch. Yeah. All right, Negative Modifier. It is a weekly actual play podcast who are currently wrapping up a playthrough of Oakwood Heights, a heinous murder publicity stunt dressed up as due diligence and an alleged murder so broken he cannot even remember his childhood. Home are are what await you in our first foray into the world of cult divinity lost. That does sound like a little bit of me, to be honest. Yeah, I was about to say, that That sounds like you, dude. <laughs> like a, a heinous murder, like a bit of a mystery around it. And yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, just, just add some, like, <laughs> you know, existential horror in there. and mm. Yeah, and then that's, that's, that's you. You done, bro. Yeah, Christmas I'm, I'm, came I'm, early. <laughs> something came early. <laughs> There's an end stream button. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That was So we are putting the mature rating on this as well, right? Just on the stream. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, it is on there. Cool, cool, cool. I clicked clicked the button. Believe it or not, viewers, I'm actually holding back. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. You guys don't even know half of what he says when, and then it gets cut. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had cut as much now. 
No. All right. So shall we have a wander over to the couch? Let's do it. I'm not actually going to go to my couch because you can see it in the background now over there. Um, but I'm going to stay here. But we we can go to the couch. Sure. We can get. We are we play in worlds of imagination, Justin. I'm sure you can imagine going and sitting down <sighs> on the couch next to me. You said that, no and my my brain just on. started singing that song from Charlie and the Cho- uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In a world of pure imagination. All right. Oh, you've got the voice <laughs> of an angel. No, I don't. I did realize though that I just sang into the microphone, and that's going to be a clip now. So yeah, that's great. Yes. Sake. Yes, <laughs> you know, and possibly possible um, episode title <sighs> unless something funnier comes along. Yep. <sighs> All right. Very, okay. So, upset. do you have any questions for us? I do. I have two questions, and I have three. But we're still going to roll for initiative. We are. I'm, I've got my own dice today, so I'm going to roll. I remembered to bring some across with me. All right. Well, I'm going to get my fancy ones out then. Fuck you. Ooh, what your your new ones? I am indeed. Cool, cool. I'm going with my my pearly white boy, which once again courtesy of Cryptic Crits. Yeah, honestly, the camera. So after seeing those in person on Thursday, they are stunning in person. Like the camera is not doing them justice. Like they still look good on the camera, but in person, dear. God, the detail is insane. I love them. I'm they definitely are, buying myself a set next year. Right. Let's, let's, let's right. do this. Let's do this. All right. Go. What you get? You first. <laughs> I didn't get a massive. I didn't. It wasn't very high. It was a six. Did you get a one? No. No. <laughs> I didn't get one. Well, a one would be interesting. So got a, I got a three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. So I will. <sighs> so these dice are first. just like all of my other dice. That's the first time I've rolled them. They rolled a three. Love it. Love it. All right. Okay. So I will start with the first question I got. Yep. This one is from Couch. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> who is in the backseat of an M4 Sherman tank. It is, when playing in a game, mm-hmm. how much do you like to be led by the GM? Do you prefer to self-govern and manage the storytelling between players or have the GM tell you what is going on? And in brackets, not asking for my game at all. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I like a little bit of both. Um, Especially like, so as a, you know, an example of it in Thursday's session with couch, when we were trying to figure out that first door, right? That little riddle puzzle thing on the first door, the level of information he gave us, I think was perfect because he gave us enough that we could start getting results but he at no point was like, oh, when you uh, maybe try this. And he kind of let us get there ourselves. And I like that. But that being said, sometimes you're in that position of, 
the players have hit a wall and they're not getting anywhere, it can sometimes be nice to throw them a lifeline. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a tricky one. <laughs> hmm. I do like a bit of back and forth. Um, this mm. is something that that I've kind of changed over the course of the years GMing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially because when I started uh, GMing, it was exclusively sort of adventure paths and pre-written stuff. And I was very much that we have to stick to to what is written when yeah. this is this is the story any sort of deviation from that um you know it, it's just not going to work but bit by bit i have definitely kind of softened on that and now i'm at a point where a lot of times when there are things that you know okay you enter a town all right what does this town look like mm. and i will purposely kind of hand that over to the players for them to help me populate the world. Yeah. Cause it, because it will feel a lot more natural and a lot more sort of personal to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, you go into, you go into this tavern. What's the tavern hmm. called? Give me a name for the tavern keeper. And this is the person that you're going to interact with. And I do like, like offering that. And at the same time as a player, I like being able to do that as well. Case yeah. in point, if we're going about Thursday's game, Fabula Ultima has its main mechanic in mm. Fabula Points. Yeah. And one of the uses of Fabula Points is affecting the story, <laughs> which I am the only person yeah, at the table. You're the only one that remembers it. <laughs> who has actually done that in, on two occasions. It's like... Yeah. All right, well, but you that's, saved our backsides with it on Thursday. <laughs> but that's what it—that's what it's for, and it does create mm. the the sort of unpredictability. Yeah, that the players normally have. It kind of shares that a tiny bit with the GM, so that yeah. even the GM can kind of go, "I oh. have no fucking clue. Yeah. what's going to happen? Let's have some fun." <laughs> Which is well, part of the it, reason why I like stuff like Blades in the Dark and yeah. Delta Green, because they lean heavily on that. I, I think it also, it, it helps the players get a bit more invested in, in the world around them, right? Because they've contributed to it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely, back and forth is good. Um, I, I have been in campaigns where the DM like leads you by the hand through the story, and I fucking hated it. But I also know some players who really enjoy that. Um, so I guess we go back to our age-old thing of have a good session zero, discuss what you're expecting, and if it doesn't match up, call it a day. <laughs> and use your mouth right, Justin. Fuck off. <laughs> I was so careful not to say that there. <laughs> I was going to, and I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You are ne- you're never living it down. No, I know. The worst thing is I said it when you had a guest on as well, so it's not even just us that know about it. I know. I know. And it was him who kind of leaned into the the episode title. It really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I spoke to to him about it and he went, I think the funniest thing was the instant regret. (laughs) Honestly. And that's the thing as well, right? Because obviously this is the first one that we're doing 
on video for everyone else to see, but obviously we do it on video so that we can see each other and stuff like that, right? I was lit. It came out of my mouth, and the minute it happened, my brain just went, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it was like Hagrid <laughs> in like all of the Harry Potter films where he says something to them and then goes, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> When oh. when we do a highlight reel, that is definitely going to be on it. When we do oh, like yeah. a, a best of or, or the uh, the rewind, you know, like how they do like uh, YouTube rewind where they show you like the highlights of the year and stuff like that. <laughs> It'd just be that on repeat. It's just it's just that. Use your <laughs> mouth. An hour of me just going, yeah, just use your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right, my first question. Hopefully that answers yes, Couch's question. It. But my first question is from Sci-Fi. Um who is currently prepping for Abomination Vaults. And he asks, what do you find the most fun to prep when you're running a game? Ooh. Yeah. I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> That's a, that, that is a good question. Mm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't... I'd, I wouldn't necessarily... necessarily consider it fun per se but the 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 things that i get most excited about are the set pieces Mm. are the moments where i take away all control from the players and go right this is going to be exposition this is going to be narrative i'm going to describe a scene yeah they're the things that kind of re they're they're kind of the linchpin to everything else. So I will come up with a scene. I will come up with like a very cinematic sort of um, moment, which Mm -hmm. I will write and I'll write again and I'll write again and I'll go through it a million times until I get to the point where I'm reading it and getting noticeably amped up just by yeah. reading what i've written sort of thing that that is the thing that that i kind of get the the biggest kick out of mm-hmm. okay okay i mean those are definitely fun um i think for me the bit i have the most fun building when i'm prepping is i really like building the the puzzles um because that's the part of the game i also like doing as well um so for me, it's like, it's, it's putting together like, cause I'll, I'll always have what I want the result of the puzzle to be, right? Like it's going to unlock that or it's going to trigger this or whatever the, the puzzle does. And then I, I work backwards from there of, okay, so they're going to walk in and see this. This is where they're going to get to. I need to make sure that there is enough there that they can get there. Right. Um, so I like building those out um, so that even people who aren't very, puzzle-minded people can figure them out without too much well have you maybe tried looking in the in the thing um but yeah so that that for me is like getting that balance between having somebody who's really into puzzles going oh that was a really good puzzle and somebody who doesn't really like puzzles going that was actually pretty fun i enjoyed that is i I find it really fun to try and do that and build that out no yeah i mean i do i do enjoy a puzzle the only problem is I can't come up with them. <laughs> I enjoy them as a player, but as mm. a GM, it's like I honestly can't fucking come up with anything. I'm <laughs> I'm horrible at it. You know, I'll probably end up using some riddle that someone's heard before. Or... 
honestly, that that is a problem that I get a lot with, um, like, because I, I do really like puzzles and riddles, and I do read them from time to time, just in my spare time, I'll sit here and just go through, like, riddles. I've gone into games where they're like, oh, there's a door and there's a thing and there's a riddle. And I'm like, oh, I know that one. I'm just going to sit here quietly and let everyone else figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I have done that before where there's a riddle. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to let people crack on. Yeah. But yeah, so I'd say that's but, my, my favorite part. Well, hopefully that's answered that question for sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another question here. This one comes from Chris. Oh. Who is searching for daylight under a mountain of boxes. <laughs> now, I have now, you know, to be perfectly candid, I have actually had to edit this one because he told me the question, then mm. he sent it in. Yeah. And there was a slight mistake, Change. which I've I've corrected. Um, but it is, what would be more of a threat? A hundred duck-sized Tarasks or a Tarask-sized duck? Um, interview time, motherfucker. I, 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 I would not want to fight a Tarask-sized duck. duck. I mean, ducks are fucking vicious at the best of times, right? You make one of them that size, Mm-mm, that's game over. But in a world really where, like, you can fireball and blow up an, a huge area pretty easily bunch of little things not really a problem really yeah see i i completely disagree with you Mm. and here's why you're wrong (laughs) because (laughs) (laughs) okay so yes a duck sized uh terrace sized duck is gonna cause mass destruction and you know it's it's just gonna you know, it's going to be, there's going to be feathers everywhere. It's going to be, you know, the quacks are going to fucking pierce eardrums, etc., etc., etc. However, the Tarask, even in its diminutive form, will still have its regenerative um, ability. Mm. So not only do you have a hundred duck-sized Tarasks, you've got a hundred duck-sized Tarasks that you can't kill because they regenerate. Yeah, but... So the way that you kill a Tarask is with a wish spell, and with that same wish spell, you could kill all of them in one go. Yeah, but do you have access to wish, though? I mean, depends on what level. Depends on your GM. Yeah, I mean, because you could also just get a ring of wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think a, a, a Tarask-sized duck is the right answer. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that would just be... It's chaos, and what are you going to? How are you going to kill a Tarask-sized duck? Well, Never. the same <laughs> way you would kill a Tarask-sized anything with lots of hits, <laughs> with a nuke. <laughs> <laughs> but I, ad- I admit, it would be it would be chaos. One would almost say it would be quackers. Um, <laughs> So are we ending the stream or? Yeah, it was, it was a good run. Is, it, um, is that what we're calling it? Is it? <laughs> I think that's that's it for too legit to crit. Uh, we had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good run. I, although I think sci-fi is going to fucking appreciate that one. He likes a good <laughs> um, so I do have one more question, which is also from sci-fi. Okay, go for it. Uh, and he, th- this is 
not not as much a question, more a suggestion. He reckons get different co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, he reckons we need better hosts, uh, is what it says here. Um, <laughs> we agree. <laughs> we, yeah, we completely agree. We don't know why you guys listen to us. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think we spend most of our time saying you guys shouldn't. But um, he reckons we need to have a sweepstake on how many characters you will kill in the collab next week. <laughs> I don't know. It's a crit. <laughs> he reckons at I'm least gonna go two. For- <laughs> no, come on. It's it's Christmas. I'm going with at least one. You? Yes. <laughs> it's gonna. That, but the thing is, it's Blades in the Dark. You are technically going to kill yourself. Exactly. But let's be honest. All of my characters that have died have been because of my dice rolls. I've I've not had a single character die. Tell I've had one character die from stupidity. All of the other characters I've had die in a campaign have been from dice rolling bad. Well, to be fair, all the characters that I've killed have been from dice rolls and poor decisions. Yeah. And that's what I'm the king of, dice rolls and poor decisions. I mean, case in point, I'm here doing this. (laughs) Yeah, that is going to be the title of your autobiography. (laughs) Bad rolls and poor decisions. I would buy the shit out of that book. <laughs> so would I. And that's one of the bad decisions, because I already know what's in it. I wrote it. <laughs> Couch has just posted in the chat, Sci-Fi, want to do a podcast together to see if we can do better? Yes. Yes, you can. Absolutely, you can. You can immediately do better yep. than us. Yep. It wouldn't be hard. <laughs> I just read as well as sci-fi where would they get the questions from from us we'll just send you the questions you've sent us <laughs> or they just sit there asking each other questions yeah, yeah that, would, that would be it they would just question each other it'd be like an interview back and forth we should actually do that as a segment <laughs> we each come we each think of like three five questions and we just like fire them off at each other I'm down for that let's do it and we don't have to answer them right like, no we've we, got to answer our own fucking you know no I mean we don't have to answer our I own ask questions you a question. yeah so you don't have to answer your questions and I don't have to answer my questions no cool yeah I'm down for that no, no. alright okay <laughs> yeah, well, we'll try it next week we'll, but then it's you know can we come up with five questions or fucking let's go with three let's go with three <laughs> questions um, because I don't know if I can come up with five questions. I've got I've got an intro to come up with every week, and that's bad enough. <laughs> I have nothing to do every week. Oh, I mean, I guess I've got to make sure the stream's good to go because we have we have other screens that we will be using in this as well in the future. Yes, we do. But this one for now, we still need to work on a couple of them. We do. To be we honest, we do need to work on a couple of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will get that done this week. But yeah. All right. Um, so it's now my last question, Ye- is it not? Uh, yes, it is indeed. Okay. All right. So this one also comes to us from Couch, um, from an F-15 co-pilot's chair. <laughs> it is, what is your favorite moment from a game you have been in? Ooh. Whether that be a player or a GM, this is a fucking thinker. Yeah. I mean, there's a few for me. Um, 
I think like from from recent games, it was where um, my players like they they'd escaped from the cell that they were in on the ship. They'd snuck through two decks of the ship, killing everyone. Get to the armory, and then the bard played his bagpipes. <laughs> that was just gold for me because it was like they've been so sneaky that whole way like up two decks of a ship sneaking along they were like one would go ahead to scalp the you know what was on the next deck and everything get to the armory they're finally able to gear up and really take control of the ship i'm gonna play my bagpipes (laughs) loved it (laughs) Hmm. Uh, so i think that one's definitely up there for me all right i've got i've got two in mind Mm -hmm. Um, one as a player, one as a GM. Um, as a player, this was back in Scott's campaign. Mm. Way after you'd already gone at this yeah, point. Yeah, I've done a runner. And our party uh, bumped into what would be the big bad mm-hmm. of the campaign. Um, and Scott had. Scott's plan was for us to die, essentially. And then we'd kind of get reincarnated, mythical powers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But we did not know this at the time. We just knew, holy shit, this is a really hard fight. Yeah. And we were, yeah, we were getting battered from pillar to post. We could not land a strike on this. This guy had like a Vorpal weapon. So it was... Natural 20, head goes, yeah. you're dead, sort yeah. of thing. During all the campaign, Scott was very permissive with me and my character in the sense that I could, to a certain degree, break the fourth wall. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And just for comedic purposes. Yep. And we were in this fight, and I knew that we were toast, but there was still a chance for someone to get away. Yeah. So I went you know what? Fuck this. And I just had the most amazing five rounds of combat I ever had because my round would be just basically move away and insult this fucker. I was able to drop all sort of pretense and completely demolish the fourth wall and just come up with some of what I think is to this date my funniest fucking material. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I, I remember hearing stories and, and about that. <laughs> and Scott was just like, I'm I'm gonna kill you. And for some reason he wasn't able to. And then another round had go past and I'd just carry on. And it was it was so fucking funny. <laughs> so that was definitely one of the highlights of, yeah. of my gaming mm. sort of side. Yeah. Uh, do you have another one or do you want me to So I, I do, and it was this one wasn't even so much a like an in-game moment. It was just a really funny thing. Um, it was it was that that evil campaign that I mentioned earlier um, that we were playing in, and it was the bard in the group went to do a like a I think it was like a diplomacy roll to try and convince somebody of something. So he rolled he rolled his d twenty, rolled like a two or a three, called what he rolled before doing the math on all of his modifiers, right? But oh, I rolled a three, um, so that's a. And while he was cu- trying to math it, the DM started talking about how he was failing the diplomacy that he was trying to do, and he went, "So that's a uh, thirty-seven. And the DM just went, "What?" 
And he's like, yeah, it's 37. He's like, but you roll the three. He's like, yeah, I'm a 20th level bard. What do you mean? <laughs> Basically, he just had so much stuff in there that the only way he could literally like do anything remotely bad was in that one. And even then on a skill check, it's not an instant fail. Like, I think the lowest he could roll was like a 30. <laughs> Which in yeah, I mean, terms I, to be honest, my bad. Nahash was like that towards yeah. the end of his career. <laughs> You know, I think 57 or something stupid. But the the other moment I, I want to remember as, as a GM mm. in this case was after the Skulls and Shackles campaign sort of split, I ran sort of an offshoot of that for Chris and Couch, um, where they, you know, travelled a magical ship that could traverse the planes, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and... Chris's character was looking for his dad and all this. And I introduced an NPC really early on who would travel with them. And it turned out that that NPC was the big bad. Ah, I love it. And it was the moment that Chris made the connection. I have never heard him scream so loud <laughs> down the microphone. It was so funny. He, you know, he called me words that even I I'm, <laughs> don't want to repeat on on this uh, on this yeah. stream. Like uh, th- those kind of like reveals. Well, if you could get away with them to the very end, they are fucking beautiful. Because if you could get away with it right to the end, like the players have formed an attachment to that NPC now. <laughs> Yeah, and they had they they had all these sort of like really sort of bonding yeah. moments and and stuff like that. And when it all kind of revealed, I kind of relived the bonding moments and everything. I'd I'd very carefully chosen my words, yeah. so it would be a case of if we don't do this. We're going to, uh, if we don't do this, they're going to die, sort of thing. Whereas when it initially happened, it seemed like a plea. Yeah. But when the reveal happened, it was like, no, no, that was a threat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was honestly, he oh, hated it. And so he good. still does not trust me. I mean, and I, fair. I, I don't. That's fair. <laughs> That is fair. fair. But it was a phenomenal sort of moment. Oh, yeah. No, I love that sort of thing. But, but that was a fantastic question. I really enjoyed that. It was. Um, but I do believe that that is um, about it for yeah, us today. I believe so. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, send a big thank you out to Couch, Southeye, and Chris for sending mm-hmm. in some, like, fantastic questions. Yep. Um, if you want us to answer your questions, then get in touch with us via one of the social medias or on our website where we've got a form you can fill yep. in. Um, also, thank you to you, Justin, for oh, spending shucks. some time with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell people whereabouts on the webs they can find yes. you? Yes. So I am most places as uh, Justin Accurate TV. Uh, I am on the YouTubes as well um, at Justin Accurate Clips. Um, and I sometimes stream video games or whatnot there as well. Um, also in the Discord and on our Facebook page. As for me, you can find me at Natural Juan at Dice.camp on the Mastodons. 
Um, you can catch up with everything we do at toolegittocrit.uk. You can also interact with us at toolegittocrit on threads, Instagram, Blue Sky, and YouTube, as well as Justin mentioned on our Facebook group. If you like what we do and you want to see more, then give us a like, a rating, subscribe, or even just tell your friends about us because we are loving this community that's forming and we kind of want to see it grow mm. and we can only do that with your help. But most importantly of all, I want to thank everyone that has taken time out of their busy day to listen to Two Idiots Waffle On about tabletop role-playing games. Thank you very much. Good night. See you later, guys. 